back, everybody, to another Eat Speed podcast, the most delicious podcast in the Metroplex. I'm Rick Press. I'm Bud Kennedy. We're joined by some special guests, right, Bud? Well, we have, we're here at Riata Restaurant. We're going to talk about the Fort Worth Food and Wine Festival with special guests, the co-founders of the Fort Worth Food and Wine Festival, Michael McAuliffe of Riata and Russell Kirkpatrick. Hey, hey, how are you doing today? Guys, yeah, you Thanks get to say coming. hello. So yeah. <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd like uh, my gravy on the side. Uh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm sorry. We're not having lunch. We have a show to do. I was here not too long ago on yep. the calf fry odyssey. I was eating calf fries the last time I was here. So nothing against calf fries, but I'm glad we're going to be talking about barbecue. There, and, you know, and, and, I, and I want to point out before we get into this that that did have an impact because somebody told me during the hailstorm last week that they had hailed the size of calf fries. <laughs> Perfect. So this is the third year for the Fort Worth Food and Wine Festival? It is. It is. Four Three, four short days away. Yeah, it'll, it'll uh, be here before we know it. Well, people will be listening to this all weekend. So, like, spin a little yarn. Tell us, like, what the Fort Worth Food and Wine Festival is supposed to be all about. You know, still a lot of people at Fort Worth know about street festivals, but they don't know about the idea of a of a real, of a higher-end foodie festival. So, kind of sum it, it up. It is a little different. You know, Russell and I um, really got the idea from attending the Buffalo Got Food and Vibe. Wine Festival, which, which is we participate, participated in. Which is south of Abilene at Perini Ranch. It is, you know, and, and, and a very famous festival. It was an honor to get to ask to go there. And when you go there, you know, a half or three quarters of the restaurants participating are from the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. So, and, and they sell out the tickets in like 15 minutes. So, you know, Russell and I are talking about if it's working in Buffalo Gap, it should be able to work in Fort Worth. Where we really can highlight all the restaurants and craft breweries and distilleries that we have in Fort Worth. Um, also, well, it's meant for people to come and you know try new restaurants, you know try new food, but also it's meant to draw tourists to Fort Worth. Russell, talk about that. Absolutely. You know, we found ourselves very, very lucky that on year one, um, we had a, a, an explosion of really great restaurants open up from Clay Pigeon, the Waters, and Juku Station. And I think you've seen Fort Worth's culinary palette change quite a bit over the last three years. Um, we've been blessed to be a steak and potatoes t- kind of town for you know, the better part of two decades, but seeing these really great chefs and great cuisines flourish um, has been perfect timing for the festival and a great chance to highlight those individuals and those restaurants and get people in the town and uh, really visit Fort Worth. That said, we're going to start off our first event with barbecue because that's what Texas is all about, right? Are you, but it's it tell us it's in a new location this year. It is. It is. We're going to be over at the WR Watt Arena on the grounds of the Will Rogers uh, Memorial Center. We're going to be uh, on the dirt right there in the middle of the arena, We've got a dozen pitmasters all over the state. We've got Black's Barbecue coming back in. We've got Lockhart Smokehouse. We've got 18th and Vine. Then, of course, we've got some local favorites like Heim Barbecue and Billy Woodridge here from Billy's Oak Acres, um, Cousins. So it should be a really, really fun evening there Thursday night at the Water Arena. Now, what it's just different samples, what, ribs, sausage, brisket. If somebody pay, I think it's a $60, $65 ticket. Yep. If someone pays... What will they actually get for the money? They get anything they want that is being served. We we don't kind of we don't tell the pitmasters what to bring, but you will see a lot of brisket. I have seen some that are bringing ribs and sausage as well. Um, your drinks are included. Your food is included. Once you buy that ticket, everything in the arena is uh, is yours for the taking as long as you enjoy responsibly. So is that wonderful smoky smell you'll get on your clothes <laughs> yeah. when you go home you get to you, that's a little added bonus now that's kind of the kickoff of the festival then what are the other highlight events that you know, people can still get into it is you know we, we've got six events running four days friday we roll right into our main event which we've moved over to the pier one building we've got a great outdoor, which building is that by the way that's going to be the giant 
building downtown with the uh, the lights on top. Okay, the one that was <laughs> the, the Chesapeake, the pier. Formerly Chesapeake known as the Chesapeake. Building. Formerly known as the Chesapeake Building. Yeah. There you go. Future um, to be known something else, as something else someday <laughs> in the future. There you go. Uh, so we'll be there for the main event, which is which is the largest wine event in North Texas. Um, over a hundred different wines will be poured that night, and it's really kind of the uh, the dress up event if there is one of the festival. That night, we finished it off over at the shack at Panther Island with Desserts After Dark, where TX Whiskey, Firestone, and Robertson's been a great partner. So all of our mixologists and pastry chefs are required to use TX Whiskey in uh, whatever they're pouring or uh, or serving that night. This is all Friday night, and then the on Saturday. Friday. Yep. The Pier 1 building in Panther Island, for people who don't know, it's it's walking distance, right? It is right? Walking a half distance. mile yep. of each other. It's a stumbling distance, <laughs> depending on how much <laughs> you drink. You and the desserts after dark was, we had it last year at 809 Victory, and um, we only had capacity for about 400, so that actually sold out last year. Yeah, so that was one of my go. favorite events so that, that I went to. that was something that we kind of expanded on this year, um, trying to, you know, expand it on the number of mixologists, expand it on the number of pastry chefs also. Well, you get to vote again on your yep. favorite. Yeah, that was another sort of interactive experience. You get to... to put your ticket or, or i can't remember what well, it was but and it, this year we moved to text voting we're getting uh we're getting oh text tech, voting tech oh savvy. very high tech so, very good uh, yeah you'll be able to text your vote in um, awesome for for the events that have some uh some fan favorites and saturday we we jump back over to uh pier one that morning for rise and dine it's our brunch inspired tasting it sold out last year um so same kind of format as the main event except a little bit different spin on the food and then Saturday night we'll have Burgers, Brews, and Blues, which uh, you know has always been a tremendous hit for the festival. Um, it's it's back at the heart of the ranch at Clear Fork. We we're not messing with that one. And then Sunday we wrap it up with a family Sunday fun day uh, picnic. Yeah, yeah that's right. something for the kids. Now not all this stuff is very kid friendly, but the Sunday event is kids twelve and under come free. free and, and so what would what would be cool about that? And how much is that? You know, there's a lot of stuff there for the kids. It's fifty dollars for adults or or people. 12 and over, or over 12. Um, but, yeah, we've got some chuck wagons. We're going to have a game area. You know, all kinds of great, not only kid-inspired foods. You know, we've got all Kimmy Pops, Beth Marie's Old Fashioned Ice Cream, but then all the way up to uh, uh, Magdalena's. Juan Rodriguez from Magdalena's will be out there. Dina Peterson from Bravo Catering. We've got Billy's Oak Acres coming back out for that one. Salsa Limon. So there's really going to be something for everyone at that one. Um, sure. We are highlighting six of our Fort Worth ISD Pro Start culinary programs um, to kind of tie it all together. And so really, support. for $50, you could bring all your kids Absolutely. and come and enjoy all there the fun. There you go. Yep. yep. You know, and, and now, how many people are coming to this? How many people total participate, and what, what's, the, what's the attendance like? Most of the events max out at around 1,000, 1,200 people. Um, so it just kind of depends on the event, but um, most of them max out right at 1,200. So. And the VI, there's a VIP pass if you want to buy one ticket to go to everything there right? is yeah it's 325 dollars, which sounds like a lot when you when you hear that sticker price but when you consider you get six events um for the course of the weekend it's a pretty good bargain mm-hmm. um so yeah we do have several of those available that'll get you in the burgers brews and blues a little bit earlier than everybody else get you a nice little wooden wooden plate and a, a, a glass for your wine that weekend as well what's something new or different or a great new restaurant that's going to be here What's somebody that who's never been here before you're really excited about? You know, last year, Travis Heim um, participated in our VIP event, which was, you know, media and kind of sponsor-friendly only. And, and Travis and Emma had just moved into that trailer. Um, and watching their explosion over the last year has been really cool. So they'll be at the barbecue showdown on Thursday night. And Heim's will open in a couple of months. It's a new location on Magnolia next to Ken and Company. So 
uh, and, and it's been interesting talking to him about the way they've had to vent the the smoke smell so it doesn't like all you know, infiltrate <laughs> the, the neighborhood. District, yeah. Right. So, fa- you know, but yeah. That- so, so if you've never been to Heim, this is a chance to, uh, to grab some of that brisket without the, uh, without the two to three hour wait in line. Yeah. They've done a fantastic job. Now it's also food and drink. And one of the things I've discovered is there's a lot more than just craft beer. And are there some, uh, other sort of beverage vendors here that people should be aware you know, of? We've got plenty. Um, our craft beer scene is very well represented. Um, obviously, Fritz and Aaron Rar have been a huge help with the festival and not only getting us off the ground, but uh, getting the craft brewers on board, helping us out. Like I said, TX Whiskey, Firestone, and Robertson, um, you know, they're sponsoring the uh, desserts after dark. But we do have, a, you know, Gompers Gin. You know, Gompers is a unique one. It's a gin for people who don't like gin. Um, you know, and <laughs> that would be the, me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things. They've had a tremendous boost after the festival each year by being out there and pouring that gin. And uh, Michael and Jessica are actually locals. Um, they they distill out of Oregon, but they live here in town. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be plenty um, for everyone if you're looking for spirits or wine or craft beer. All right, well. We have to. We're contractually obligated to talk about burgers on this podcast because, of course, DFW.com is home of the burger battle. Looks like you've got some interesting competitors this year at the Burgers and Brews event. We do, we do. You know that that's been such a great event. Um, I always tell people my my major role in the festival is guarantee good weather. <laughs> so uh, that Saturday has been great the last two years for there. It looks like we've got some great weather planned out for that day this year. But, yeah, we've got 11, uh, 11 burger joints. We've got a new participant who's not participated in that one before. is Blaine Stanford from mm. Grace and Little Red Wasp. He's going to go ahead and uh, participate in the burger events. So oh, that Grace Burger. That's, yeah. That might be, well, I, you know, present company excluded. <laughs> the Grace Burger might be with the best one downtown. It, it's really good. So we're excited to see what Blaine brings to the table as, as kind of that, you know, CIA-trained chef competing in a, a burger contest. It's always interesting to see what they come up with. Is Thurber Mingus new to this year? Or were it they, is. Yeah. It is. This is Thurber Mingus' first event. They, they showed pretty well in, in the burger battle and in their first time around. Just after the festival last year, right very, very close to when the festival, um, festival right. had was the last year. So, yeah, they're going to be an exciting new entrant. Well, even for people like me, who I pay a lot of attention to what's going on, I'm seeing some names on here that I don't completely recognize which is cool there's funky town donuts with mm-hmm. is that a food truck or is no, that a- they've actually they, they're nearly done on their brick and mortar it's uh-huh. uh, brandon moore's uh and so it's going to be a brick and mortar kind of if you want to call it craft donut or high-end right. donut um, shop that's getting ready extreme donut he, he, he sells yeah. at the cupcakes place on camp Bouya right mm-hmm. now and is working on his own place well, well i think we all get our favorite restaurants mm-hmm. so and you just keep going back to those favorite restaurants and, and you don't always venture out or even when you you know if, if i go to little red wasp you know, I go get the, you know, get the, the fried chicken sandwich because mm-hmm. when I go there, I kind of crave it. I think the nice thing about the Food and Wine Festival is that it really allows you to explore some restaurants that maybe you already know, but you haven't tried that, a different item on the menu and introduce you to new restaurants, even for locals. Well, speaking of favorite restaurants, were you at, at Los Asaderos last week when Laura Bush took uh, Alice Walton to Los Asaderos? I, I did not make it there, I thought so. maybe you'd be in there, too. I couldn't see everybody who was at the table. Well, so. Bud's getting into a little bit of gossip and scuttle, but let's talk about Selena Gomez. We heard that she was here at Riata dancing <laughs> on the rooftops. She this... was, it was not a table. So um, <laughs> we, had a, we had a fraternity on the fourth level, um, and all those guys were kind of excited that, that, that they had a star below them. So Good that yeah, they know the Selena Gomez level. hangs out here all the time, right? Well, she, she was here about a month before that also, so didn't get as much fanfare. 
You guys, that's old hat for celebrities to come so. into Riata, I would guess, right? You know, we see our fair share, but, you know, I, I think they come because we treat them well. We treat them with respect and really don't make too big of a deal out of them. And, uh, and plus, you know, the food, the atmosphere, and the service doesn't hurt at all. That tell was us one, of the most common, the, one of the most used pictures of Justice Scalia was at Riata. So. Yeah, it was, absolutely. It was right one of my, in the cocktail yeah. area upstairs. Yeah. It was a great photo. Yeah, and then, you know, Seablow Creek Ranch is just 60 miles from, from the restaurant in Alpine. From your place, yeah. So, yeah, I was down there the, um, the day after he passed, and... It was amazing the number of news agencies that were that I ran into in the restaurant in Alpine that were that were kind of leaving town when I got there. So and and I said all the reporters I could I told them to go to Riata and Alpine. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> now, for the person who who maybe isn't going to get the VIP VIP pass and go, to, what would be the one thing you'd say spend the money and go to that? Now I've talked to like Robert Philpot. He said he loves the main event because you get to taste everything. But is there one that you would recommend for somebody who just wants to for me? Sample? If it's not rise and dine, mm-hmm. for me is I mean if you want to ask what's the deal, that's the deal. Mm-hmm. You know because I think at sixty five dollars, you know you still get to sample from fifty restaurants and, and and beverage vendors and stuff like that. And you know, and you have to realize most of the wine or wine tables have got five or six bottles on them. So I mean you've got hundreds of things to choose from. Mm-hmm. So even if you or your wife may not like, you know, a Chardonnay, well, there's plenty of different things for you to sample. Um, so I think for me, that's kind of the, if you ask me what, what the deal of the festival is, that's the deal. And you're going to have, you know, um, different types of food. So it's not just going to be burgers. It's not just going to be barbecue. It's going to be, you're going to find plenty of things that, that you like to eat. And then Fort Worth is kind of becoming a brunch town, isn't it? We're yeah, discovering but, yeah, but before we bit. get away, we ought to talk about that because the uh, yeah, these guys run one of the most popular patios and Sunday restaurants of all. And, and I know you're talking about the festival right now, but we've got uh, Mother's Day and the Sunday holidays coming right up. Uh, you know, talk about what you're doing here on Sundays and about the patio. Well, you know, Sundays have always been big for us. You know, just bringing in brunch. We probably started brunch about nine years ago. And, you know, there was a select few that kind of did brunch. Now, I, I think if you're not doing brunch, I'm not certain if there's anyone that doesn't do brunch. Um so, so we've always really embraced brunch in our Sunday morning crowd. Um, it's a good opportunity for us to uh, – we see a lot of new diners on Sunday morning. Um, you know, we open the patio, weather permitting, give or take, sometimes on Sundays. It's difficult a little bit at lunchtime more so than dinner just because of the roof kitchen being open or closed. Um, but Sundays have always been great for us, like I say, with, with new diners coming in. And I think it's a more approachable, whether price point or time of the day – that you'll find a lot of people trying out Riata, whereas they may stay away from a Friday or Saturday night for their first visit. We get them in first time on a Sunday for brunch, and then they come back and visit us for dinner later. And well, I'm just, I, go ahead. Well, and I think for the for the person that doesn't work in downtown, sometimes you get a little bit intimidated with coming downtown. But you know, through Sundance Square, we have complimentary valet, um, both for lunch and dinner, seven days a week. So um, you don't have to worry about finding a place to park. You just have to make it to the front door of the restaurant, and the valet will take care of, good care of you. And just to, to give a little equal time, there is a new brunch competitor opening any day now. Have either one of you been to Yoke? It's, it should be opening any day at Sundance Square. I have not been to Yoke. Um, I, I, you know, obviously, I, through the Sundance people, they speak very, very highly of it, and I look forward to trying it. Yoke in Dallas and one in Plaza has been a huge hit. You know, but the one difference between, you know, if, if people are thinking, you know, I come to Riyadh or come to Yoke, Yoke has a lot of omelets. They have smoothies. They have a whole lot of Chicago breakfast. But Riyadh has biscuits. And Yoke, at least in <laughs> Dallas, when they opened, they had pancakes, waffles, everything else. 
No biscuits. No so biscuits. people are going to have to come here for biscuits. We also have a normal menu. So when we're running our brunch menu, we're also running our normal lunch menu at the same time. So if you still feel like a burger, you can still get a burger. If Steve still wants to come get fried chicken on Sundays, we can uh, we can accommodate. <laughs> you can help him. I thought <laughs> the fried chicken was only a Monday thing. Is fried chicken every well, Monday? We, we uh, by, by popular demand, the Steve Wilson fried chicken. I'm go. glad to hear that. <laughs> silent Steve today. He's he's off mic today, but yeah. Silent Steve Wilson's oh, still here. It's your dad's. It's your dad's. My dad's like the one that's a big fan of it. You yeah. know, we we got a special fryer from what he remembered when he was a kid in Michigan. We went and found out the same the frame, same type of fryer um, to try to replicate that experience he had back home yeah now we talked a little bit last year about the festival entering its sort of second year and you know the grow you know sophomore curse and all that stuff and obviously you guys didn't fall victim to that now you're in your third year where do you see this festival going growing you know it's, it's certainly become something that people in fort worth look forward to but at some point you'll probably want to go up another level yeah, you know, I think that, that smart change is really kind of our goal. Uh, this year, we put a new spin with some new venues. Um, obviously, I, I think you'll have to grow the festival for it not to become stale mm-hmm. um, and become one of those events. Like, well, I've already went to it, you know, the same event three years in a row. Um, so smart growth, adding different components every year. Um, we've been blessed with a great volunteer advisory board and, uh, and advisory council that, that you know, we're able to collectively think of ideas. Uh, but, yeah, you know, our mission really falls in the line with the same as the Convention and Visitors Bureau. Um, long term, our goal is to get people to Fort Worth, um, not only to try the restaurants but see different parts of town. People may have come up and been to Sundance Square but never been to the Stockyards. Maybe they've seen the Stockyards but haven't been over to Magnolia. So it's really to highlight what Fort Worth has to offer, not only in our cuisine but also in the really great areas we have in town. So the more we're able to really pinpoint that vision in line with the CVB, I think everybody stands to benefit long term. Yeah, one of the things that I don't, I don't think we do a good enough job about talking about is that we are a 501c3. You know, our, our mission is obviously to promote Fort Worth and the food and wine scene here, educate people more about food, and, and we've done that through some of the cooking classes. And then lastly is giving back. And to date, the way that we've been giving back to Fort Worth is we've been giving culinary scholarships to students who've gone through the Fort Worth ISD's ProStar program. And I don't think a lot of the public realizes that within our high schools, we have got an incredible culinary program. You've got some very, very passionate professors that are just doing a fantastic job. That's one of the reasons why we're so excited for them participating in the Sunday event. But, you know, um, there's a nice write-up in the program this year of Xavier and Cameron, you know, the two of the award scholarships last year that are both at the Culinary Institute of America up in, up in New York. Um, partly due to the um, uh, Food and Wine Festival's um, giving portion of our, uh, of our mission. So people fill their bellies, but it's also for a good cause. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is, absolutely. <laughs> so if there's one place, one, one vendor or one dish that you're going to want to try at this year's, what for you guys, because you guys have access to this kind of food all the time, what's it going to be, Russell? Uh, you know, it, I... Yeah, I may get shamed for saying this. You can't say Blacks well, Barbecue because I, I we know you're direction. from. A- I am from Lockhart, so it's always nice to have a a, a taste of home uh, when Blacks comes up. Um, you know, I, I will say, and I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag. However, we do have a beverage participant in our desserts after dark. Um, that he, it's a late edition, um, and it's Peter over at Swiss Pastry Shop. 
is going to be um, one of our beverage participants in uh, Desserts After Dark. So he's using TX Whiskey, which is a little bit of a misnomer for Swiss pastry. But I've got a good inkling that he will be the runaway fan favorite with, uh, if he's able to execute the drink that he has in mind. So a Black um, Forest whiskey. I, I have sworn to secrecy. <laughs> well, we'll start that rumor. We can definitely drink to that, yeah. All right, well, we're looking forward to it, guys. Thanks a lot. Thank you for coming back. Thanks for having me. Once was a sweet thing, yeah.